This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Okay, I got when some great spreads. How many? How many for this instance? How many for this instance? And we can even go duck versus goose or we can stay in the goose realm. Well, Should we just stick duck, in the goose realm? Duck, I mean, if we're talking about field duck spreads, where you're going to want to use Two to five spinners, and that's it. And whatever else you think makes you happy. <laughs> End of discussion. End of discussion. Um, we covered that quickly. Um, <laughs> water spreads for ducks. Um, you're going to want to set them out to uh, whatever um, whatever way you want to make yourself happy. And um, bingo, you're done. Okay, we just started apparently, so we'll just go with it. <laughs> Waterfall Wednesday. With Waterfall Nick Wednesday. Here, Here we, we go. go. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, we're going. We, we did decoys. So we covered ducks last field. week. So we, let's just do decoy spreads this week. Yeah. So we've covered field mallards and field ducks. Now we've covered water spreads. Um, <laughs> God, I hunted with this guy. He's like, we got to put these. We got to put these decoys in a in a line. And then anytime I threw a decoy that was like one foot off that goddamn line, he goes, that's a stopper. I'm like, oh, my God. <sighs> okay, well, you know what? I, it's like a, on a diver line kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. yeah. And we pass shot all morning anyways, you know, like. That's that's 98% of diver hunting is pass shooting. I'm, I had a blast. Change, I had fun. Mind. I just, it was, <laughs> I'm not mad at the guy for, for, for nothing, but. It was just silly to me. A little silly, but I still enjoyed myself immensely. Like a lot of things, people are far too um, dogmatic in the in their well, especially about decoys. Decoy theories. Um, and like if something, I mean, how many times I joke like when someone asks me like, "Well, how do you want to run these decoys?" and I go, "I don't know. What, however you want to do it." Because I go, "I've never set a decoy right in my 
once in my life if I set them with somebody else. Because I could put a decoy out there, and so I'll turn around and I see somebody behind me fixing the decoys I just put down. Right, and then (laughs) people will just... So clearly I don't know what I'm doing. And now we can get into like... (laughs) I like to do like big spread versus small spread. For water, typically you're always going to want to run as many decoys as you can. Just for visibility factor, because the water in different lighting conditions can contrast your decoys in different ways. But no matter what, it feels like you're always grasping for more visibility on a water hunt. Sure. If you're not on an X, so, you know, like the pond they feed yeah, in. Yeah, it comes the, down to The shit that. stacks slowly that you're hunting. I think you could probably, we'll just stick with fields. Um, Goose hunting, no, I think that makes a big difference. I think there's a lot of common mistakes. Well, and just because last week we were talking decoys and we, we didn't talk duck decoys, we, we were pretty much just goose decoys so let's just keep in that same vein and that came so so for this conversation for the most part we're going to be dealing with honker spreads honker in the field spreads in a field okay well let's talk about the standard horseshoe of uh, between 5 5 to 10 dozen full bodies so there's going to be it works of course it works otherwise we'd all would have figured it out that it didn't like 50 years ago but there's some drawbacks to it that if you like to run horseshoes, there's nothing wrong with it, but keep your eyes peeled for this sort of thing. If it starts to happen, you can make a change on it. Um, first thing that's going to happen is you're going to have birds landing on either the left side or the right side or aiming for that side because that's where the decoys are. So you're going to have the guys on, if they're landing on the left side, the guys on the right either can't shoot or they're muzzle blasting their friends. Same thing vice versa if they're landing on the right side. So you're not optimizing how many people are getting can on shoot the at a flock. Another thing that happens is if they do line up dead center and start coming right for the dead center of your horseshoe, a lot of times they're not trying to land in the landing zone. They're trying to land on your blinds. On you. So let's assume that you're camoed really well and the geese don't give a shit and they're trying to land on you. You call that shot at like 15 yards. The guns get up when they're at about eight yards. Um, the first shots go off and they're at about six yards. And then they split like Moses split the sea. Half of them go left, half of them go right. And almost instantaneously, um, those birds are out of people's uh, 10 to 2 shooting lanes immediately. Yep. So you end up again with the guys on the ends getting muzzle blasted. And um, you got, let's say it's a 10-pack of geese. You guys got four or five out of it, but they really decoyed close compared to if they would have been landing out at 25 yards. You had a chance of getting all 10 of those. Yeah, the U is alive and well, man. I mean, it, that's, that's a hard one. That's a hard that's a hard one to change. Like that, that, that yeah. is so hard. I think because we've just been seeing it for decades. Like literally, it's been in every magazine. Everybody stresses realism so much. Realism. You have to look real. 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 Except for the way we put our goddamn decoys exactly. out. Apparently. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. So I've did this thing. Um, Got them for like about two seasons, and I was really starting to experiment with different ways of like how would birds land within this spread, and. What I would do is, trailer door opens up, guys say, how, should, how do you want them set? How do you want them set? And I would say, look, guys, it's really tough to set decoys out in the dark and know exactly what they look like. So what we're going to do is do your best to make it look like geese out in a soccer field, and then just make it look natural, and then we'll fix whatever needs to get fixed when the sun comes up, and um, you know maybe we only have to move 10% of them, and we'll be fine. So here's the trick, though. When the sun came up, I didn't move any. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's a good... I like that strategy because I'll kind of do the same thing. We get out there and someone's like, well, how do you, how do you want to put these out? I just go, just put them out. 
Yeah, and, and the, the, the reason being I did that is because when the sun came up, there was five fucking things I wanted to change. Like, ooh, that looks like crap. That's goofy as hell. Um, ooh, I wish we had decoys kind of put out over here. I don't know why those two are facing each other. Like, they're kissing. What the hell is that about? Um, who did that? I'm like, all right, just let's just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And just run it. And what I realized was it usually all works out. But I did pick up, like, a few keys like number one don't be super stressed out about that about your decoys especially if you just like a don't get in an argument with your buddies over this crap right you know what i mean if you notice like some of those decoying too close problems start happening or flaring out because they are coming right at the blinds something like that then you can start to address that issue but um another thing i had learned to look out for was the days when it's not gonna work like uh you can't some days you just Fully flocked decoys, uh, U-shape, a blob shape, um, doesn't good goose calling, bad goose calling. It does not matter. You're getting like a zero to a two bird day. Like the the dealer gave the geese a full house that morning and you got shit in your hand. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think that's more obvious with like snow geese than almost anything. Oh, yeah. It's like you could run and go ahead and ask the, the handful of, outfitters that do this that have 10,000 full body spreads permanent spreads out there do they smash them every day no no they get their single digit days yeah because it's just some days are there zero they days literally aren't in the mood to either go to a field or go to that field or they have something told and then there's days you couldn't do wrong they see you there and sometimes they'll even lock up and come and like look at you out of curiosity yeah. i call it a lock and look they just lock up real quick, look at you, and they keep moving. Yeah, I mean, they and just then the next flock does the same thing. They're not. They don't. There's. There's no like sense of urgency for them. They're just kind of. It even happens in like X fields. Doing what they want to do. You'll get it in X field, and the first flock comes out, and they just fucking bail hard, and you're like, "Well, that wasn't good." And everybody's looking around at each other. Should we move some decoys? Like, well, we can try. <laughs> exactly. And then you move a couple around. Flock two, same thing. Flock three, same thing. Flock four, you buck at them at 40 yards. You get one or two scratchers out of there. You're looking around like. This is the way it's going to go. So I try, yep. on days like that, I try not to make any, like, conclusion-based, like, this doesn't work, or this, you know what I mean? Like, and you can kind of, it, it, for me, it comes down to reading the bird's body language, you know? And you right. can, it's like I said, that first one, that first flock comes in, they do that, and right away you're like, well, this isn't good. Because almost right away you're like, judging by the way they gave us a look and what they did at that distance, mm-hmm. Chances are they didn't see anything wrong. Exactly. They just were like, yeah, I don't think so. Or maybe they did see something like, wrong, oh, and there's crap. nothing you can do to prevent it. But it's a, it, the difference is, like, between just deciding to not do it and a flare, you know? Right. Like, if they backpedal, and you're like, oh, shit, or hard right turn or whatever, you're like, okay, they saw something they did, not like. And that that's going to happen, too, where if you they think just you wander do off, right. You know, they're just like, they, they look and what would you call it? Lock and looks. Lock and looks, where they're just like. Yeah, I don't think so. And they just wander off. Yeah, lock and looks happen a lot of times on just like curious birds. Like uh, you're in a field, but they're going to water, or, or you're right. in, you're in a uh, you're in a day loaf spot, which I like to call like sun spots, but it's cloudy. Yeah, that happens a lot during like what we call like water to water days. They're not coming to your field because they're they'll just lock up, trading, look at you, trading water. Mm, look loaf at that. To water they're like window shopping for yeah. maybe a food source later. Yeah, pretty in a, much. In a weird way. Um, yeah, window but, shopping. And just I like on those days, number one, don't make any big assessments about what works, what doesn't. Number two, don't get in a fight with your buddies. Yeah. Don't, if somebody's be like, I think we should move decoys. And number three, don't 
do something crazy like pick the spread up and move it to the other end of the fucking field or something like that because now you're paying i call that paying twice to see the same movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah true we uh, can, that's a good way of putting it yeah if you like oh we need to get up get the spread and put it over on that side of the field like the same movie's playing over there man it's yeah. the same reel of film yeah. on that end of the field like why don't we all just relax just, if the birds wanted to be over there they'd maybe just we'll, gone over maybe there. we'll get a single in here or something like yeah. that we'll all go out for jimmy john's after <laughs> it'll be a good time don't yeah. worry you know let's, yep. let's just relax so order pizza have it delivered to the field and we'll just sit here all day i've done that but uh, i know me and you have talked about it before too like the holes and, uh, mm-hmm. and you know we touched on a little bit in this podcast but Holes aren't really what's attracting the geese. When a goose is coming into other geese, the least thing it's worried about is where am I going to land? Um, this isn't a parking lot with a limited amount of spaces, you know, like where they're going, oh, mm, they're all taken up front up there. No, this is a parking lot with infinite spaces. I mean, and they are, they're aiming for what they can see. So for, for geese, they're the most long distance uh, um, recognition they have that like birds are there, um, vocalizations, sound. So that's going to start drawing them over. Then they're going to establish the picture of wh- how many are out there. That's You're going to get through decoy visibility. And that decoy visibility is going to establish their bullseye. Like Just like if you're uh, uh, skydiving and the guy pulls the parachute, down in that uh, big open uh, hayfield, they got a bullseye for that guy to aim for when he's like directing the parachute down and uh, is strapped onto you. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice and tight. So Nut to butt. Nut to butt, yeah. He's like flying the parachute to the bullseye. And that's exactly what geese are doing. They're flying to the bullseye. And the bullseye being what they can see, the geese, their homies. If they wanted to land in an open spot at all times, they have no reason to land anywhere fucking close to one another. I mean, you'd see 500 geese in a field and every one of them would just go land in their own 50-yard patch. You know, like a pair would go over here, an eight-pack would go over there, a family unit there, a group of molts over there. Like, they'd be like, well, I see those over there, but you know how we all hate landing next to each other, guys, right? <laughs> right. We hate being around one another. Let's just land way the fuck right. away from each other. There's a, there's that's a, what geese do, right? I don't know about you, Bob, but there's a you in that field that looks delicious. Yeah, they're like coming in. They're like coming into <laughs> real geese, and they're like, you look at these assholes. They didn't even leave us a zone. Yeah. There's no, there's what no, am I supposed to get? There's no hole here. <laughs> I mean, I know they're just taking up 0.2% of this 40-acre field. And we could land anywhere else we want to. <laughs> but since there's no hole, there's no hole, we're going to go fucking somewhere else. Yeah. You this, made, this restaurant has terrible service. You made a really <laughs> good uh, video. Yeah, that was kind of funny. With some paper drawings. <laughs> some paper drawings? The graphics could have been a Dude, little better. Dude, that was better. a screenshot of Google Earth, bro. Um, but it was uh, actually really enjoyed it, and I thought it was hard to dispute. I mean, the way, as far as like what you're trying to do um, – Keeping yeah, the birds in front of everybody. It's like on you YouTube. touched me, on it earlier. The, yeah, what's the title of it? Let me look it up really so, quick. So, like, um, you know, making sure everybody gets a chance to shoot at these birds. They're not cross-shooting their buddies. You know, they're not muzzle-blasting their buddies. They can shoot their 10 and 2. It's called My Favorite Goose Decoy Spread. Now, one other decoy spread I want to touch on before we end this thing is... Okay. Oh, we're not even close to ending this one. All right. Well, we got a well, couple minutes, but a lot of time. we haven't really got into, like decoy spreads like how many to use for what thing that's what i'm doing right now okay good. go go all right so people hate no wind days i love them i love hunting honkers in no wind days primarily because it makes your number one tool the most effective it can possibly be the goose call your goose call can stretch as far as it possibly can in all directions with no wind so now i've just enhanced my number one kill tool 
So now the only problem is people set up their spreads fucking wrong for no wins. That's why people are having troubles with shooting birds. They're getting them landing all over the place, getting flare outs like constant because they're slow working into the spread. So when it comes to hunting on a no win day, you're going to want to use as few decoys as possible. Like if you think you can get away with nine, maybe use six, that type of thing. Like you want to use as few decoys as possible. And every one of those decoys you're going to want to set in the area you want to shoot. So another advantage you get too with a no wind day is you can set up anywhere in that field you want. The wind is no, no longer dictating like, well, with an east wind, we're going to have to hide over on this side of the field. The birds will work in like this and we'll have to do a cross shot. No, we're going to set up where the fuck we want to set up. And the, the birds, you can put the roost so it's straight in front of you if you want. You can set up in this patch of grass that's a little taller over there. Now, as long as you know how to set up a spread for a no-wind day, you are in the money. Like, I'm just jacked to go hunt a no-wind day because they migrate a little better in no-wind. They know that they can hear each other better in no-wind. They're a little bit more active. I love it. So the key is just put every single goose decoy where you can shoot. If you set up a standard horseshoe with your blinds at the apex like everybody does for no-wind, that will be bad. Um, because they're going to come in and land kind of however yeah, they knows? want. Yeah. Now, they're going to land close to decoys. We know that much. They're not going to land 150 yards away across the field. They're going to land near your decoys, and they're going to come in at a random angle. So that being known, if you've got decoys 10 yards behind you, and geese might land 12 yards behind you, you know, like if you've got decoys off to your hard left, they're going to land on your hard left. You don't want any of that. You want the decoys in a small, concentrated, tiny little pod. If you're using 30 decoys, maybe put them all within a 20-yard radius circle, especially like on an X field where you know the birds are coming to it and the geese are going to land next to those 30 decoys or amongst the 30 decoys, and all of them will be in all in your shooting range. So when it comes to those no-win days, man, I love them. Hmm. And that actually works the same too for um, – if you have a field where you just don't have a good hide for that certain wind situation, knock it down to like a no wind decoy spread because now all of a sudden you're forcing the birds to land. They're going to land somewhere next to that small pot of decoys. Yeah, even if they have to go over your head. Even if they have to go over your head. As long as you have a good hide and, it, and they're looking at those decoys. Exactly. So now you do have a 10 mile an hour wind, but it's the worst wind you could ask for, for this p yeah, particular right situation. Face. Like this, w this field would work for any wind besides South. And it just happens to be South today. Shit. Like, what are we going to do? The hide is just totally backwards. We'll have wind in our face. Do it. Huh, and then do, do that. No wind spread with a small pot of decoys. Cause you know where the birds are going to land. That's a problem with big spreads is big sprawling, um, long, three, 400 yard spreads. Um, those birds are liable. They should work to the cost, but they might land with your decoys mm -hmm. 200 yards away. And I think everybody has seen it before where you got short stopped, as they say, where it's like, they just, they do plop out there kind of in the, in the field by themselves. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. You know? Nothing we really can do about it. Right. They just decide to go there for whatever reason. That's a little bit more of an earlier, earlier season problem. Yeah, it is. And, um, a little family unit issue. I don't really like hunting family units. Because that's what they do. I mean, when you're out scouting, you see there's 20 here, there's 15 over there, 18 over there. They're not one 
they haven't flocked up yet. No, it doesn't take very long for them to flock no, up, no. but still within, like early in a week or two in early usually. September, you can still run into those like 40, 50 bird feeds and they're sprawled out a little bit. And you're like, well, as far as numbers go, um, it's like how, what determines how many decoys you use? Dude, every day is different. The type of decoy I'm using and the amount of decoys I'm using, but I'm putting them into a couple different categories. Should we do big spread or small spread? Should we do... Um, so you think it's a, you think there's then, like a checklist we could kind of formulate? Ooh, like, yes. You, you, know, you know what I'm kind of saying? Yes. Like, okay. If you think the weather and the birds are stale... It's like a bracket and you thing. Go like, re, then you're going to want to go realistic and small. Am I on the X? See here. Am I yeah. not on the X? See here. Am I on the field next to the X? See here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've just, I guess you determine our, if... Are you dealing with birds that are coming to your field? Big or small, tight or loose. That's the way I like to okay. categorize it. Tight spread, loose spread. Because that 300-yard sprawling spread, I do that too. Like, I just have to accept the risk of birds short-stopping or landing with my furthest decoys because the alternative is to have them flare because they know what the hell I'm doing. You know, so I'm like, I'd rather mm -hmm. have the birds landing at 40 yards than having them flare at 50. You know? Makes so, sense. Yeah. So there's, a give and, there's always a give and a take depending on the day. You got to analyze the hand that you're given. You know, if you're given a good hand, you got to make sure you capitalize on it. If you're having a shit hand, if you get a shit hand dealt to you, just make sure you don't work very hard and you don't fight your buddies. <laughs> yeah, well, I think a habit a lot of guys run into is they have the decoys, they're going to use them. You know, like, yes. I bought five dozen decoys. I am putting five dozen decoys out. Yeah, that's and I, I, very common. There's, and I then think there's times using, there's no need. And like on a no-win day and a guy wants to use his 60 decoys, those five dozen, they paid for them. And, uh, okay, well, you start putting out 30 of them, and you're like, spread's getting kind of big. What are we yeah, going to do with right. the other 30 of them? Like, well, we'll put them out in a horseshoe and some behind the blinds. <laughs> like, God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that happened to me on a hunt in uh, Lake Elmo where it was like one of those things, like people had multiple um, – permission for the same field so we just hunt together you know and these it's like middle of the season these are like heavily pressured birds like they've seen they've seen the typical you know three and a half dozen or whatever the number was decoy spreads oh, yeah. of the u-shape variety and i was like yeah i'm okay with these people hunting with us for sure but i want to eat we either need to do one of two things go micro spread with the best hide we can possibly get or I want to run everything and do the refuge spread because they've seen they've seen something they haven't seen. Basically, is all it's I was, different than the other hunters, and that's what I was trying. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, I've and had then, it. So where, when they came out, what did we do? We opened up the trailer and ran every decoy they had, and we had about thirty, you know, yeah. whatever, three and a half dozen. There was decoys. a time I think. It, God damn it! The reason I moved and made a DSD investment was one year we hunted these birds that were so stale that I guarantee you they did not see our hide and they were bailing because they could just see the decoys. Like as soon as they made a visual contact, I mean, we're hunting X fields. Um, we're staying like active on chasing and scouting them and they would come out to the field that they were going to eat in, in their brain. Mm -hmm. Be like, okie dokie, I'm headed over there now. And yeah. I hear some geese over there. That goose call pretty well. So it sounds yeah. realistic. And then they go, so, and so. I see a hunter set up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, they weren't seeing our hide because right. they wouldn't get close enough. Like these yeah. things like half a mile away would be like, we you, out. you could tell them they would get all of a sudden apprehensive yep. and be like, eh, we're going to have to eat somewhere else today, guys. And then, I mean, it wasn't even like a flare out issue. Nothing would come close to us. I was like, yeah. something, uh, 
They've been packed. They know exactly what I'm up to out here, and I need to change that. Yeah, and then so. I took uh, some DSDs, and I did like 40 of them, and they were spread out like 120 yards, like but for 40 decoys. And I was kind of hunting at the main pocket of like nine of them, like in front of me by 30 yards. And then we started shooting the guns again. I definitely think thinking outside the box and just during heavily pressured times, stale birds, It there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, just the reason they're stale, they've been in the area for – yeah, they in a get, week or two. They They've seen everything. so They get familiar with the hunters, too. Oh, for sure. And their patterns. They'll probably start coming to the field different times of the day. I mean, almost every hunter, no matter what it is, with the deer hunting, whatever, after a while, these creatures, this is their, they live in the wild all day, every day. I think they instinctively know when they're being pursued by a predator. Well, I think there's there might be something to be said for that. They um, just know, like, in these scenarios, I am pursued. In this situation, I am not. Like well, Some creatures are more creatures of habit than others, and humans are probably at the top of the list. Yeah, like, those same geese that you got to, like, shoo off the golf green to make your putt, and you're like, these stupid city geese, those are the exact same geese that yep. you're hunting in November, December, January that won't come within 500 that yards. Are flaring. Of you. Yeah. They know what belongs where when. Exactly. And they're situationally aware like that. So what I'm always searching for, I guess, like when I'm doing this traveling around the world stuff is I'm looking for their golf course. Like where is, where can you catch these things slipping so hard? They think they're at the golf course. Yeah, they think they're relaxed, but they're. And there's places out there where you can legally hunt and the birds just do not expect it. I can, I call it like. You um, literally could just sit in a lawn chair with beer and probably Well, they've chew. got the cruise control set and the Beach Boys jamming pretty much. Like it's yeah. a beautiful sunny day and you're on the <laughs> freeway, right? How nervous are you? 75 miles an hour, cruise set, Beach Boys jamming a little bit and uh, got one hand up on the steering wheel, the other one on the back seat of the other, you know, the headrest of the other seat. Now, that's when they're at the golf course. Really old reference for a young guy. I just, I was just thinking of, like, <laughs> summer cruising, you know? Help me, Rhonda. I can't even name a Beach Boys song. I just, I just threw said, it out there. Help me, Rhonda. But, okay, now take it to where um, you're driving. Same truck, same everything, except it's a 50-mile-an-hour crosswind. There's snow drifts coming across the road. I mean, you're fucking white-knuckling it. Yeah, you're there ain't no Beach attention. Boys playing. Yeah, right. Nothing. There ain't nothing. You, no radio. Somebody talks. You you're like, shut the, up. Yeah, you turn the radio down so you can see better. Shut up. I'm paying attention to the road. <laughs> like, fuck you. I hate this driving. That's what the geese mentality is when they know they're being pursued. They got their knuckles tight. They're paying attention to everything. And um, you just got to gotta not have anything to make them notice. Like, And you catch them on the golf course mentality. They got full volume, volume 11 cruise control set like gonna get some food today <laughs> boom yeah that's and that's true. kind of the difference same birds different scenarios so how do we choose if we haven't really we've talked about like how do you choose a spread you gotta yeah. do it based on experience and um if you don't know exactly what to do call somebody who does and i'm gonna start this thing um where i was doing a migration report <laughs> last year you can, you can do like the the, the uh, goose spread hotline no, I'm going to do an you're observation. Gonna, you're going to get a ton of calls, I'm going to start an observational <laughs> library where, like, a reference library of, like, it's no longer going to be migration reports. It's going to be observation reports. Because you might be a dog shit hunter that I really wouldn't want to take advice from hunting. But if you tell me geese flew 1030 a.m., cloudy, 45 degrees, you are not lying. And you are right, not, you're yeah. not wrong. And everybody can use that information. Sure. Because it's so situationally dependent. Every day is different. If that, then this. You know, if the weather's this, then you do that. Is there, like, something super basic? Just to wrap this one up and to simplify it, like, 
um, what equates to more decoys? What equates to less decoys? Would you just go if you need draw power? Migration. You're gonna use, if you're going to use draw power, you're going to need high contrast field, lots of decoys. If you're doing um, stale birds, lots of them in the area, probably going to get looked at a bunch. Maybe it's better to go small spread, good hide, less hunters, and um, ultra realistic decoys. X versus not being, uh, you know, running traffic, I guess would probably be the most basic. Traffic, you still can do a lot of very successful hunts with small decoy spreads in traffic fields, but you need to have visibility of them. They need needs to be a high contrast field. So if you want to do a, I, I've done, I've trafficked, a, you know, like late season where you got 2,000 birds going to an X field, but it's like a plowed cornfield i'm not gonna fucking hunt it and i got permission on the field next to it that's a hay field um and i've done a lot of successful small spread traffic hunts people a lot of times will like to use big spreads traffic hunting and that's good too but if it's that stale birds they've kind of seen it all they're familiar with the hunters in the area i'm gonna go with like a small like one time i did like 18 dsds one of the last days of the season and just traffic birds we shot our limit at the boot bags i mean it's very low percentage, but when you do that, like small spread, ultra realistic stuff, I like to say every goose is a maybe. You never get a goose that's a fuck no. Like you never get geese that are like absolutely not. <laughs> no, ninety-eight percent of the geese might just say maybe, nah, but they never say no. And two percent of them go maybe, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And when they and do it, they dead. do it hard. <laughs> and you died. Yeah. So small spreads for win. It counts big spreads for when you need the draw power. It just depends who's got the better hand. Right. And learning how to determine who got dealt what is going to be a huge, huge learning experience and, and it will assist you in killing well, more birds on a day-to-day -day basis. If you're, doing what the birds, if you're doing what the birds did yesterday and you're planning for that today, about 30% of the time you're doing it wrong. Yeah, because it's going to change. And I was just going to say, like, if you're, you're a typical weekend warrior like most of us are, um, here's a good way of looking at it. Unless the conditions are exactly the same as they were last weekend, if you hunt Saturday and exactly the same, if you're setting the exact same spread that you did last Saturday, it's a good chance it's probably not yeah. the right move. Unless it didn't work last week. The most common, it might work this week just by chance. But most common, like we got effed scenario I see, are guys that hunt um, loafs, day loafs. And the day loaf will be just jam-packed loaded with chilling geese when you get permission on it two to four hundred of those things just looking like they're home you get permission for the next day next day's cloudy yeah guess what you're seeing nothing that's yeah. the most common one i guess i, I yeah. get messages all the time like what do you think's going on the birds didn't come back today let me see your spread it's a pasture pond it's cloudy i'm like yeah they're just Put it in your pocket. Put that thing in your pocket and make sure you ask for permission on a sunny day. And don't hunt it on a cloudy day because you are going to be bored. Is they just not going to loaf on a cloudy day? No, most most loafing activity does not happen on cloudy days. That's why I'm kind of, I kind of call them sunspots. I see. Yeah, I can see that. But I have noticed that a lot of the water, water to water to water days is when it's wet. Rainy. Mm -hmm. Rainy, you'll get a lot of birds that stick out in the fields for quite a while. Yep. And they, they do might go to the field to stay there. And they might not go out to a field for a long time right. either. It's going to be a long... And that's it's where a, it's I've a, seen birds traveling. From. I know where the ponds are, and mm -hmm. I just you can see the traffic. And they're not moving in big in big groups. It's like yeah, smaller one or groups. two little groups trade and this the, way, the reason and then is, some go back that way. I think there's a brightness factor that shuts down goose activity. Like as soon as when the sun comes up, 
when it gets to a certain height, the geese are inactive, the midday inactivity, Mm -hmm. and they're out on a loaf, chilling, scratching their backs, taking naps under the trees. You know, they're just enjoying the, not enjoying it, but they're not active in bright conditions. Um, And when they have a cloudy day, that's going to be cloudy all day. They got they got seven hours to take care of their errands. Right, you know, right. they don't have to run out and go get the groceries and go to the bank before they have to get back to the loaf. Right. You know, so that kind of forces all the birds to do everything at once, like in the morning when it's a sunny day. When it's rainy, you got birds doing whatever they want when they need to do it. But yeah. All right, well, this one's getting long, so let's wrap this one all up. All right, we're done. Um, so that's uh, decoy spreads and all sorts of theories on it. <laughs> Fucking Alexa. Goddamn. Government listening. Dude. They always are. Yep. Always listening.